it finally feels like fall here in central Alabama, and it makes me think about fall veg. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze. Beginners learning subsistence farming using three simple principles. Approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it. And we don't make allness statements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of October 20th, 2011. We probably should have done this program about six weeks ago because that was probably the best time to be planting fall veg. Oh, it was, but it didn't feel like fall then, <laughs> so it was kind of hard to call it fall veg. And, and that's really the struggle with gardening in general. You always have to be thinking a season ahead, and we're not doing that real well yet, although I think we certainly did get the fall veg in at the right time. Oh, I planted it in plenty of time. It's yeah. just we're not talking about it until right. now. Right. Uh, but uh, you and I have both talked about how pleasant it is to grow fall veg because it just, it, a lot of things just work better in the fall. Well, it's just more pleasant to be out there, too. Uh, you don't have, I, I always say my fall garden is a more laid back garden. And it is because I it's, think just, it is. it's just one row, even though it is 140 feet long. And let's talk a little bit about what are what are some of the reasons we love growing vegetables in the fall. Well, it feels better to be outside. You have fewer bugs. It is more pleasant. And here in central Alabama, you can almost say it's more pleasant to be out in the wintertime than it is to be out in the summertime. Well, when you're active, especially when you're out, you know, and, and our things happen. Uh, and Veg Hill is in full sun, so... When you're out on Veg Hill, you're normally being sun-soaked as you work. Right. And um, if it's a nasty, cold, rainy, blustery day, that's typically the day we do something indoors. But uh, there are plenty of pretty days right through the winter right. when you can enjoy hanging out on mm -hmm. Veg Hill. Right. And, and we do have uh, some crops that we've talked about in the past and will today that grow well right through that winter time. And... So when you're going out on a pretty sunny day, even if it's January, it feels great to be out there. And let's be honest, you really don't have to spend that much time no. with fall veg. Everything slows down in the winter. And what we use the term fall veg, but it's really a fall, winter, and early, early spring, spring veg. That's right. Until it just gets so hot that it bolts, it continues to produce. That's been our experience. Um, and, of course, the weeds slow down. We still have some weeds out there, but it's not its not quite as bad. Yeah, and we have fewer bugs in right. the wintertime. Yeah. So yeah. you don't have to worry quite so much about insect damage to the crops. Uh, although we'll talk a little bit yeah. about some of the issues we've got getting early the, in the fall. Exactly. Getting the plants started is, is the tough part in terms of bugs. But one of the things to keep in mind with fall veg is that not only do the bugs and the weeds slow down, the target crops slow down as right. well. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're, and some of them are, like the collards, are pretty big now. You could actually eat some of those collards if you wanted to. That's right. We're sort of holding them in readiness because we've got so many beans and okra yes. coming down off veg. That's hill. a whole other subject, but we are continuing to harvest our summer crop, especially the green beans, okra, peppers, and eggplant, and right. some tomatoes. So we don't want to, and, and a few lima beans I even got the other day. So we're, you know, we're not giving up on what's out there, 
But we are also holding the collards in readiness because the frost-kissed phenomenon, that is, after the first frost, they tend to be sweeter. And much tastier. Yeah, yes. We've, we've noticed the difference. All of these fall vegetable crops. And when we talk about fall veg, we're really talking about brassicas. Right, that's what All of the fall mm-hmm. veg that, that work well for us here in central Alabama yeah. are brassicas. Yeah. So let's go down uh, that row nine okay. and talk through what you've got right. planted well, right now. There is one exception. At the very top of the row, I have some lettuces. Sure, the buttercrunch lettuce. Right, and a couple of tomato plants that I planted uh, that... You know, I really don't need them right now because the existing tomatoes are still producing. But it was an experiment, and I did put a couple in the ground and for fall. they will, I know the tomatoes will get clobbered by they the will. first frost. Yeah, they will. So they'll be gone as soon as we have the first mm-hmm. frost. Will the lettuce, yeah, the lettuce will survive a light it, frost. It can survive it? a light frost, and it certainly, if we covered it with some a frost blanket, we could probably get more mm-hmm. tolerance out of it, if we care to do that. I tend to just let it go and let right. lettuce be a, a cool weather, but not a cold weather crop. I think that's a good way to yeah. do a, to go about it. We actually own a big roll of frost blanket that we bought before our first year to plant fall vegetables mm-hmm. because somehow somebody convinced us we were going to need frost blanket. Well, before we could get the frost blanket, the frost blanket was due to arrive December the 31st or January the 3rd or something like that. We figured, okay, it'll be here before the weather really gets cold. But as you may remember, December of 2010 was most unusual because we Mm -hmm. had uh, temperatures down in the mid-teens. I think we we got down to 16 degrees in December December of 2010. So we didn't get a chance to get the frost blanket out before those really cold, cold, frigid temperatures, and everything did just fine. I was going to say, all the veggies survived just fine, so we really didn't uh, So that frost blanket is still sitting in a roll and has not yet been used, and may, you know, we may be looking for somebody to ship it to on eBay or something. We, I'm not sure what we'll do with but we it. But ne- we may need it at some point, too. If we had an extended hard freeze, we might be talking about using it. Maybe. Um, right. And it's possible that we'll that it will be useful when if we ever get around to growing citrus or something like That's that. Right. So we'll hang on to it for the time being anyway. Yeah, but but back to what is planted out there. After you get past the lettuce, then I've got broccoli planted and some Brussels sprouts. And oh, and don't forget uh, the first time I'm doing this cauliflower. I've never planted cauliflower before. We've never had any experience with cauliflower. Don't quite know what to expect from cauliflower. But right now it's doing great, so um, I'm excited. It really is. It's looking good. We have been told that cauliflower is difficult, Uh, not necessarily more difficult in Alabama than other places, but just generally more difficult to grow. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. And then after that I have some uh, collards and some kohlrabi, kale, and different kinds of cabbages. Um, and then at the very end, I have some uh, onions that I planted. And then finally, at the very tail end of the row will be garlic. I Which have we the, have not yet we planted. We have not planted it. Um, you can wait till it's fairly cool. I mean, I think we're still fine now. Uh, trying to work around the wedding and other other events in well, our lives. Well, in fact, uh, I think you told me that you've learned that it's probably if we were to plant garlic now, it might be too warm. For well, it. not today, maybe, but if we have another couple of days that it goes back up into the 80s, 
I don't think the garlic will be that garlic happy. Garlic doesn't like that. No. But once it's, it's, it'll be under the ground. It really won't be emerging until the hot weather, uh, I mean, until the hot weather's passed. But um, I'm just waiting as long as I can, uh, partly because I have other projects going on. But, you know, as long as I, I get it in by November, I'll be fine. Here's what we've learned to expect. The broccoli is going to bear fast. It shoots right up, and we have these nice florets that form right in the center of the plant. And we'll have broccoli to harvest and eat by mid-December, mm-hmm. if, if we have the same experience Probably. we did last year. Yeah. And we were feeling great about the broccoli in December of last year. And then the broccoli looks like it's done. It looks like it's mm-hmm. dead and might as well pull it up. Uh, but don't be fooled. I cut it back. I didn't pull it up, but I did exactly. cut it back. Exactly. I, I think you did the right thing to cut it back, but leave it growing. Um, because in the early spring, that broccoli is going to come back. It's not going to create those big central heads the way you see them in the grocery store. Mm-hmm. What it's going to do is create little florets that are coming out on the sides but they are tasty and tender oh, and sure. just delightful. We extended our broccoli crop really well last year, I thought. And let's hope we're able to repeat that. And I guess broccoli is the only one in, in terms of where we have experience that really sort of shuts down during the, the hard, cold winter. Right, yeah. The, the leafy greens tend to do better. Yeah, the kale, collards, cabbage, all continued growing, although at a very slow rate right. during the winter. And, and the course, Brussels sprouts. Yeah. So I think in addition to the broccoli being among the first that we can harvest, we don't know what to expect from the cauliflower. You're right. Uh, the collards, anytime after, as I said, I want to let that first frost go past, but those leaves are large enough now that if we wanted some collards, we could eat them. Mm-hmm. Eat them. And we had good, coll- good tasting collards from the garden of, uh, two summers ago in the heart of the summertime right. when it was hot. Yeah. So we know the collards will taste fine now, but I, I agree with you. They are a little better once they get that first right. frost. So we'll just play the waiting game with them. Kale, not quite so good tasting. We, we sort of, we have kale cause it grows well, but it's good for It's you. not our favorite. But veg. it is good in a stew and I've cut it up and just mingled it in with the others, like with some cabbage or with some collards, and and it's fine. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it is. It it tastes fine. It's it's not quite as sweet as yeah, the collards, right. so we tend to prefer the collards. But but kale tastes fine. Mm-hmm. We don't have any idea, do we? What kohlrabi will taste like? No, I keep trying to visualize or get some sense of it, but I guess it's one of those experiences you just have to have to really know what the the flavor is. Yeah, and so we're looking forward to experiencing kohlrabi. Uh, obviously, we have tasted cauliflower. We know what the taste will be, but we don't have any idea what to expect from production here in central Alabama, so, so we'll, we'll just have to watch we'll that. See, yeah. But let's talk a little bit about what we have to do to care for fall veg, at least in this part of the state of Alabama. All right. I think our uh, prep for fall veg actually begins in early summer. Right. Because in early summer, you already had identified the row you were going to use for fall veg, and we planted that with sun hemp, I think, by about the early part of June. We did, yes. And it's growing. In fact, it's uh, what, yeah. what, <laughs> that which has not already been cut down is, is not dangerously tall or anything, but it's just, it's, you can tell it's really 
it likes it here. Yes. <laughs> and we have sun hemp on rows 9, 10, and 11. We've cut most of it on row 9 because that's where you have your fall veg planted. But we have sun hemp on row 10 that's sort of hanging out over fall, yeah. the, row 9. And I need to get out there and cut it back just so it won't um, infringe on the sunshine on row 9 mm-hmm. uh, if for no other reason. Yeah. But also because cutting it back tends to stimulate its growth. And we have nothing to lose. We don't mind stimulating its growth right into the frost. Oh, yeah. It's doomed. You know, it's it's there to die. It's anyway. there to die and provide nutrients for the for the uh, so, target crop. So I really need to get out there with the hedge trimmer and cut at least row ten back, if not row ten and eleven. And actually, I'd love for you to go ahead and do that today because I would like to get out and plant. A, I have a few more replacement. Um, cabbages to plant, and okay. I can hardly get to the... <laughs> well, I need to trench for our temporary power for the lodge uh, first thing after lunch, but as soon as I finish that, I'll be glad to get out there and cut that sun oh, hemp be back, because it's on my, my list of things on that need to, to be do done. And, and then, the other thing, uh, and, and I should mention, kind of as a nice transition here... And, and I should say, the reason for that cover crop is not only to provide biomass, but it's a legume. Sun hemp is a legume. It fixes nitrogen, and that nitrogen really helps the fall vegetables. It's certainly does, yes. What I've planted already in that where the sun hemp was previously is doing very nicely. All I was going to say is give an explanation for why I have some replacement cabbages to put in. Um, We were gone for several days away from the farm, came back, and actually this happened even before we were gone. Um, Some critter got out there and ate the tops off several of the little cabbage, tender cabbage plants. So rather than have big, you know, um, bare spots spots or spaces between some of the existing plants. We just went out and bought a little bit more Savoy cabbage, which is what primarily uh, was the the target of whatever critter it was. And I'm just filling in. And then we do plan to do the next step, which that we're going to talk about, which is put row cover over those tender veggies until they, such time as, number one, the bugs are gone because it's the grasshoppers eating uh, doing a lot of the damage. And number two, such time as they are so large that they s- would probably burst through the ro- row cover if we didn't take it off. That's right. We'll leave the row cover in place pretty much as long as we can just yeah. to um, protect it from the bugs. But you're right. You do reach a point where the veg, and um, every indication we have is that it, there will be even more pronounced this year because the soil's getting better and better each year. Yeah. Um, that we'll, we'll have some... Um, fairly aggressively growing fall veg, particularly mm-hmm. the kale and yeah. the... Um, the collards are already I, big. Yeah, but they don't grow up so much. They the broccoli. tend to grow out. Yeah, the broccoli and the kale, I guess, are the ones that tend to grow up a lot. And then eventually the Brussels sprouts. And eventually the Brussels sprouts. Yeah. Um, so the row cover we talked about, you'll need to do some weeding. And, of course, we mm-hmm. cannot weed while the row cover's in place. At least not. it's awkward to yeah. weed. And typically we don't try to weed at all while the row cover's right. in place. I've mulched almost yeah. everything. You now, give it a, I will a before good it. mulch and, yeah. and, a, and a good, you know, you check for weeds and then we'll put that row cover in and we will leave it alone until the uh, target crops start pressing up against the yeah. row cover. And last year, I remember we almost waited too late to harvest the broccoli because it was kind of hard to see through the row cover to see how well those little um, <laughs> flowerets had uh, had formed. So this year I want to be very mindful of that and just I'd rather err on the fact of taking it up a little sooner. By that time we won't have a bug problem anyway. So uh, 
we should keep an eye on that broccoli. No discussion of fall veg would be complete without including something about how cute Brussels sprouts are. Oh, they are adorable. Brussels sprouts, y'all, are just the cutest little guys when they are setting their little uh, sprouts. What happens is you get a big leaf, and then, and not every leaf has a sprout, but every now and then a leaf will develop a little sprout in its elbow, you know, but in the joint between the leaf and the stalk. Mm-hmm. And the way those sprouts form with reference to those leaves is just so cute to, to watch. It's fascinating. And of it course, really is. then in the spring, which is when I think we did a lot of our harvesting of Brussels sprouts, we had so many. And we loved them, so we didn't mind having a lot. Oh, it was wonderful. We had abundance of Brussels sprouts, and I fully expect we'll have abundant Brussels sprouts yeah, this year as I well. You're right, though. It's you, You're able to harvest them during the winter, but it's in the early spring when they really shine mm-hmm. because they're, they're, put, they're getting more warmth and they're putting on more growth. And in that interval between the arrival of warm temperatures and their bolting after which you really can't use them they really pour on the production yeah it it was really nice um and you know let's talk before we have to end today about the the advantages of a fall garden besides just the fun of being out there it's a nice alternative to canning and freezing you're right when we began this adventure I think we both assumed that we would have to be spending a lot of the summer canning vegetables that we would eat during the winter. And we have done more of that this year than we anticipated with all those beans. With the beans. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We tallied it up the other day. We have canned 47 quarts of green beans, 11 gallons. Uh, So we, we we poured it on. And busily giving them away to friends. And um, I will say to all of you who have received our beans, good things come to those who return jars. <laughs> because we so, can use them again next year. So um, try to, br- to bring those jars back if we've given you beans so that we can give you something else fun in them next time. That's right. Uh, but they are, uh, it, it really has been a way for us to uh, have to can less and freeze less. Of course, we have mm-hmm. a full freezer now. We have almost no capacity left in our deep freeze. And that's primarily because of soup. We put up all yeah. kinds of soup. Which is another way of preserving our summer veg. It that's really is. Summer. It's a wonderful way to preserve summer veg. And there's nothing quite like the joy in the heart of the wintertime to come in at the end of a long day of work and just put on a little bit of soup and huddle up by the fire. And I know. Enjoy the evening. We look forward to that. Well, maybe uh, we should end by saying that we we hope to have a really different kind of podcast for you next week. We have several students coming here with their professors, Emily and um, Sam. Sam, to study the extent to which they wish to be farmers when they graduate. So they're going to come here to the farm and see how we're living and how we're growing and so forth. And our hope is that uh, while they're here, they will be our uh, featured voices in the podcast for next week. Mm-hmm. And it's it will take primarily the form of their asking us questions. And we'll try to answer those questions as well as we can. Right. 
and I fully expect it will it will go longer. It'll be a longer podcast. Depends next on week. how how uh, talkative they are. Well, that's true. <laughs> they may not be curious, but but I bet they will be. And yeah. you and I love to answer people's questions about how we're living and so forth. So. Uh, it would surprise me if it's not an extended podcast that we uh, offer you next week. So we're both excited about it. Right. So we will see you next week. Have a good one. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. We'd love to hear from you. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama, 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log, check in with Lee and Amanda, and talk with other listeners. That's longleafbreeze.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.